You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. I got ants in my pants and I need to dance. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Do you have ants in your pants and do you want to dance? Heard that on the radio yesterday and got super jacked. I told you once in a while, you come across something pretty good on the radio and I heard James Brown and I got super excited. My favorite part is trying to guess the lyrics, especially when you're guessing the lyric is going to be like an ooh or an ah or something. It's fun, because I didn't know that song. I really like James Brown, but I only know, like, you know, the big hits. I need to, to do a deep dive into some James Brown. I actually got home, and we had a lot of cleaning to do, because we had family coming over, and it's like, dude, I got the perfect cleaning music. Freaking James Brown, dude. What could be better than James Brown doing cleaning music? I felt like Mrs. Doubtfire or something. I was everything minus the dress. Well, everything minus the white dress. Anyways, I do want to keep it relatively short today because uh, it's Saturday and, you know, as I've said, not the most popular day. But I want to be able to give you something. Also, we have a good amount to do, packing and leaving and visiting family and et cetera, et cetera. But I wanted to start off with a thought that I had today. Y'all know I love my analogies. I actually had two thoughts. One of them is just way too long-winded. So I want to save that for when I start my random Ryan's Random Podcast or whatever it's going to be called, which is probably going to be like 10 years from now, but we got to stash that one away because it's pretty long. I've also turned that one into a movie, so maybe it'll come out on VHS before uh, before I get my new podcast. So stay tuned and maybe try to find a VHS player in the meantime. 
But I saw some kind of bill or something that got introduced. I don't know, something on Twitter. I'm just flipping around. You know what the government is? Government is like your buddy that wants to help you move, but just so happens to be a panzer tank. That is what the government is. You know, like, hey, man, let me help you. And it's like, you know what? I'd rather you didn't. And some people are like really good friends with the panzer tank. They really like your friend, the panzer tank. And they're like, he just wants to help you move. What's the big deal? Like, you don't like people helping people move? Like, wow, aren't you a piece of garbage? It's like, yeah, here's the problem, though. He's going to do a lot more harm than good. So, no, I don't want him helping me move my couch. Because he's going to put a freaking hole in the wall of my house. Oh, that's not true. That's not That's not true. Okay. Yes. Well, it is. Can't fit through the door. He's just trying to be nice. I know. He's trying to be nice. But he's a big, giant, metal idiot. And I don't want him to trash my house. Because, you know, he's not a charity case. He can be my friend from far away. I don't want him coming over, ever. He also likes to blow things up in other countries. But, you know, kind of a parallel there. Anyways, I did... Um, Send myself my list. So let's talk about some offensive line stuff. Why don't we, why don't we go ahead and do that? I got ants in my pants and I need to dance. It's going to be in my head all day. So I'm trying to think of the best way to kind of run through this. Why don't we just do this? I'm going to go position by position. And by the way, one of the positions, and this is something I recently learned via PFF, I saw this first with Penny Sewell. I was looking at his snap counts. And I saw he lined up a bunch of times at what they called tight end. And I was like, that's freaking crazy. Like, he's a tight end sometimes? That's uh, that's going to be some fun scouting film. I went through all the offensive tackles. I have every single one of them done for my little, um, I was going to call it a draft uh, draft guide that maybe I would sell or something. But I, I just it's taking so much time, I doubt I'm going to get it done by the draft. So it'll be an interesting little note. I need to stop being such a perfectionist about this. Like, every time I do something, it's like, yeah, but that doesn't tell the full story, so let's add this and this and this and this and this and this. And there's, like, I'm in, like, column ZZZ. Anyways, come to find out, pretty much every single tackle has a bunch of snaps at tight end. And I believe all that means is you're to the right of the right tackle. So it would be a six-man offensive line, presumably, or just an off-balanced offensive line, I guess. I'm still stunned by that because it seems like something that offensive lines almost never do. But again, it happens. Now, to be fair, the Packers never do it. Um, David Bakhtiari, for example, has done it once in his career. Let me say that again, in his career. But I don't know, you go into college and it's like everybody's done it. So I don't know. So since that doesn't super matter, why don't we start there? And I'm just going to go position by position and we'll go through each player. And the goal of this is to see how, how can't, do we have a person that can play that position, right? If we got a bunch of guys, like, for example, David Bakhtiari, this one's really easy. He's played left tackle his whole career, basically. We don't have, I have college information as well, because we can also delve into that. Did they do it in college? I think if you went to college in 2014 or earlier, PFF doesn't have that information. So Bakhtiari, Billy Turner was the same year. I think they were both 2014. I don't have their information. Lindsley Taylor and Valdir, also the free agents that we're going to go over. No college information. Everybody else we have some information on. But Bakhtiari, for example, is very simple. Um... One snap at tight end, three snaps at right tackle, six snaps at right guard. This is professional. Um, Never been a center. Five snaps at left guard. 8,498 snaps at left tackle. Pretty easy to deduce what's going on with that, right? But anyways, professionally at tight end, Elton Jenkins has never done it. Lucas Patrick, eight times. Billy Turner, seven times. Yash Nijman, zero. John Runyon, seven. Jake Hansen, uh, we don't have any information. Stepniak, we have no information. 
Ben Braden, never. Zach Johnson, never. Now, I should probably, maybe, probably, maybe, possibly, but definitely go through these offensive linemen um, because, again, there's been some confusion. I think we did this kind of yesterday, but I wasn't super specific. So since we haven't really even started because that was useless information, why don't we go here? So you all know who Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Lindsley, um, Billy Turner are. Lucas Patrick, I'm assuming you know he is a guard that has mostly been a backup, but uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers likes him. He definitely didn't think he was going to make the team. He did, and he's been somewhat of a decent contributor for us. In my mind, Lucas Patrick is not a starter, but keep in mind, I said the same thing about Lane Taylor. I said I, I really love him as a backup because he's he's quality enough to where if, if, if somebody goes down, you, the team doesn't just fall apart. He can come in and play. I just I don't feel like he's... And maybe me, that's me being a spoiled Packer fan where we need to just have elite players everywhere because Lucas Patrick is plenty good to be on plenty of teams, right? He'd be an upgrade at, at, for some teams. But I'm just not looking at Lucas going, no, we're good there. We don't need to upgrade. Um, but he is a, uh, well, let me look at my sheet to be sure. See, maybe that is a better way to do it. I'm going to have to. We'll, we'll do it both ways. So he's listed as a right guard on our uh, over the cap, and that seems to be correct. So Lucas Patrick... Um, He's never really played tackle. He's played three snaps at right ta- or excuse me, left tackle, eight snaps at tight end, which is weird. 413 at left guard, 138 at center, 1,194 at right guard. Now, a lot of people seem to be thinking Lucas Patrick is going to be a center. I, I don't. I mean, he has done it, but a lot of people have done it at some point in their career. Jared Valdir has played 122 snaps at center. Is he going to be our next center? Elton Jenkins obviously played a lot of center. Now, Lucas Patrick was a center in college, so that's cool. But, I mean, John Runyon has played center. Simon Stepniak has played center. I just, I don't know. It seems weird. But that's Lucas. And we don't know 100% that Lucas is going to stay with us. He is under contract for one more year, so it would make sense that we just keep things as they are. We don't save a bunch of money for getting rid of him. And with the lack of depth as it is, I would prefer to keep him, right? It's not really worth the million three or whatever that we're going to be getting. Um, I mentioned Lane Taylor, Corey Lindsley, and Jared Valdir. These guys are free agents, so we don't have them under our control right now. We would have to resign them. Now they're still they're still under our control insofar as we can sign them right now, and nobody else can. Once we hit, I think it was March seventeenth. It's it's the open market, and anybody can bring them on at any time. It sounds like Corey Lindsley's gone. Jared Valdir. A lot of people are kind of Packer fans love Jared Valdir. It's not that I don't necessarily. I do think Packer fans are a little overexcited, but I, again, it's more about reading the tea leaves. The Packers don't love Jared Valdir. They like Jared Valdir. They're fine with him. You know, he's the break glass in case of emergency guy. There's a good relationship there where Jared Valdir only wants to play a little bit if it means getting a Super Bowl. And the Packers only want to play him a little bit if it means helping us win a Super Bowl in case there's a massive emergency. And when we lost our left tackle, that was an emergency and we brought him on. Not that he played, but you know just in case. And Lane Taylor is just getting very old. I mean, it would be kind of cool to bring him back, but I don't think he's coming back. Um, Yash Nijman has been around for a while. Uh, he was on the uh, the roster, the 53 last year. We didn't see him play at all, but he was there. Hasn't shown a ton of promise, but the fact that he hasn't been cut or kicked down to the practice squad means they like something about him. I don't know why I always felt like he was more of an interior guy. He's never played anywhere on the interior, and then I looked at him, he's like 6'7". So he's never going to be on the interior. He's a tackle. He's a backup tackle for us. Um, he has played 14 snaps in the pros for the Packers in his career. He's played 1,888 snaps at left tackle. In the pros, he also played left tackle. It's the only position he's played. In college, he also played 661 snaps at right tackle and 18 at tight end. So he's strictly an 
exterior guy, tackle tight end. But again, I mean, I, I think he's 100% a backup, right? Whereas he's the backup that you get when it's like, oh, shoot, right? He's just, that's, it's not great when he has to come, especially since tackle is such a scary thing. I mean, that you got some really good pass rushers on the outside. And I get the impression, I don't know, but I get the impression it's harder to scheme help for them outside of throwing a running back out there. You know, interior, it just seems like it's just, it's muddled and it's, you know, we, we can try to slide the line or do certain things to protect you from the really scary guys. If you're a tackle, man, it, it kind of gets down to the point where it's one-on-one and you might be in trouble. We saw that with Spriggs where, I mean, when he went out there, it was just sack after sack after sack, and there was just nothing we could do to stop that. So he's there and they like something about him, but it's, it's not great. And maybe it is getting better, but it is what it is. After that, what we've got, are the three six-round picks that we picked up. And again, I wanted to say that this is interesting because we all said we got three guards, and maybe that's what they're projected to be in the NFL. However, John Runyon, Jake Hansen, and Simon Stepniak are not the same guys. So John Runyon is the only one that's played. Jake Hansen, Simon Stepniak have not. In fact, I think Jake Hansen was kicked down to the practice squad and had to actually be re-signed by the Packers this year off of the practice squad or whatever. I don't know exactly how that works, but the guys on your practice squad, if you want to bring them back, you got to sign them. Um, so Jake, uh, excuse me, John Runyon, who did play, he did play guard. He did play one snap at right tackle as well as one at tight end. So, you know, just a, another blocker on the outside. In uh, in college, however, interestingly enough, he was actually pretty strictly a left tackle, 1,656 snaps at left tackle. I think he's like 6'5". So it's one of those things where you look at him and go, he's not going to make it as a tackle out here. So you can understand why they'd kick him inside. Um, he's at 101 snaps at right tackle, 11 at tight end. Only 46 at right guard and 26 at left guard. So that, if anything, that's more reason to really like John Runyon. The guy has almost no experience at guard. And to say that guard and tackle is the exact same position, nonsense. Like, if you're an offensive lineman, you're an offensive lineman. No. The guy's played tackle his entire career and has to go learn to be an NFL-caliber guard. I, I'm, I mean, you can't say that he's going to be good, right? I'm not projecting he has to be good. I'm just saying that if he's going to be good, we probably wouldn't know it by now. It would be so unbelievably unlikely that if he were to be, let's say, a Hall of Fame guard, that we would see the signs by now. He's had almost no, even now, he still has had almost no snap. 46 plus 26 plus 22 plus 137. Whatever that is, that's how many snaps in his life or, you know, college and pro career he's played at guard. To this day, he's dwarfed that by his, his time at tackle. 101 at right tackle in college, 1,656 snaps at left tackle. He's got to learn a little bit. Simon Stepniak, the other guy that we did keep around, he had, I think it was, what was it, COVID or something? He was there, and there were some issues with either injury or COVID where he didn't really play, so he didn't really get too many opportunities. He is a guard. This guy has played zero snaps at tackle, zero snaps at tight end, zero snaps at call, at, at uh, center, 88 snaps at left guard, 2,160 snaps at right guard. He has been planted at right guard since forever, and he just, just that's where he goes. So we have a guy that can, I mean, he's he's like a backup right guard. <laughs> that's what he is. I mean, not to say we can't try to move him to left guard, but I mean, that's 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 what we get in Simon Stepniak. There's no real question. And that's the one thing, at least that's nice for us, is we don't have to guess on that one. We can just put that one in pen. The one that I think is extremely interesting, though, is the other guy that we drafted in the sixth round by the name of Jake Hansen. This is the guy that I said went to the practice squad. And, um, and and that can happen for various reasons. Obviously, he's not killing it. I mean, if he was just an absolutely dominant football player, he probably wouldn't have gone to the practice squad. But 
the Packers did re-sign him. They want to see a little bit more of him. The interesting thing about him, zero snaps at left tackle, zero snaps at left guard, zero at right guard, zero at right tackle, zero at tight end, 3,561 snaps at center. Jake Hansen is a center. We don't know who our center is going to be. Now, again, it's a pretty big jump to say that he couldn't make the active roster last year and he's going to be our starting center this year. But I wouldn't be super surprised to see him as the number two center fighting real hard. And that's the thing. If I'm Matt LaFleur, I'm going to go to him and say, listen, this job is open. This job is wide open. Please earn it. <laughs> please, please get it. That would be the ultimate if sixth round pick Jake Hansen could be our long-term center. Do you know how glorious that would be? If we can keep Elton Jenkins at left guard, Bakhtiari at left tackle, Lucas Patrick at right guard, Billy Turner at right tackle. Not that I, I want that to be the finished product, but that just helps us out quite a bit. Outside of that, we've got uh, two guys by the name of Ben Braden and Zach Johnson. Sorry, there's one other guy, Ray Wilborn. None of these guys have played very much. They're very far down the depth chart. In fact, Zach Johnson and Ray Wilborn were also um, practice squad guys that did get re-signed. So we'll see what happens, but I don't know that we need to do a super deep dive on that. But let's let's switch it up now and look at it in a more um, vertical sense. So negating the tight end thing, if we go to left tackle, it's it's solidified. It's David Bakhtiari. If we're looking for a backup, at this point, as far as professionals are concerned, professional snaps, Billy Turner is really the only guy. He's played 413 snaps at the position. Elton Jenkins has played 29. Lucas Patrick has played 3. Yash Neijman has played 14, and that's it. Now, of the other guys, Lane Taylor has played 117. That's an option. And Jared Valdir, obviously, 6,638. The guy has been, I mean, he's almost got as many snaps at left tackle as David Bakhtiari does. But so, so I mean, it's it's not a, a controversy, controversy by any sense, but obviously, like it is for most teams, finding a backup left tackle. I mean, it's like it's like finding it's like hemming and hawing about a backup quarterback. And you got half the league saying, dude, shut up. We don't even have a starting quarterback. I mean, they can make it work, whether it's Elton Jenkins or Billy Turner, they'll figure it out. But we, we obviously don't have like a starting left tackle that can be a backup unless we decide to sign Jared Valdir, which we won't unless something tragic happens. Although then again, David Bakhtiari may not be playing for a while. So it's not the worst option in the world because it's kind of an emergency to say, let's just bring in Valdir and he can be our starting left tackle until Bakhtiari comes back. I doubt they'll do that, but it's something to consider. At left guard, obviously Elton Jenkins is the man. 1,949 snaps. Guys that are in the hundreds, we've got several options. Billy Turner has played 502 snaps at left guard. Lucas Patrick, 413. John Runyon, already 137. And, of course, if we decide to sign Lane Taylor, he is the man among men. 3,227 snaps at the position. So if we're just going on most snaps, Elton Jenkins obviously is the guy. But we have plenty of options in terms of Lucas Patrick, Billy Turner, uh, John Runyon that can play the position right now. Center is where things get really dire. I mean, really dire. If we su assume Corey Lindsley is not playing, that's 7,159 snaps of, of experience gone. Jared Valdir at 122, which is kind of a joke, would be third on this list. And he would be third because only two guys have ever taken snaps at center in the pros. David Bakhtiari, zero. Turner, zero. Nijman, zero. Runyon, zero. Hanson and Stepniak haven't played at all. Ben Braden, zero. Zach Johnson hasn't played. Elton Jenkins, 300. Lucas Patrick, 138. Now, again, if you go back to college, this is why Jake Hanson is so intriguing to me. Now, obviously, Elton Jenkins is a stud at center. That's what he played in college. I'm just saying if we want to keep him at guard, which we don't have to because we do have more options at guard, which kind of 
leads me to believe, unless we really have something in Jake Hansen, it's pushing me more toward Elton Jenkins at center because we just don't have very many options there. And if things go bad at guard, like with injuries, you can always kick him back out, put Lucas Patrick at center, or whatever the case has to be, uh, Jake Hansen, whatever. But we just, we have no options at center right now. Again, Lucas Patrick played like 100 snaps. It must have been an emergency because he didn't play that at all in college. Did I, didn't I say he did play it in college? I must have been looking at the wrong line or something. I thought I said he did play it in college. He did not. Elton Jenkins did. He's one line up. Maybe I was looking in the wrong spot or something. I don't know. So Lucas Patrick is a guard. That's what he is. He has played, but again, 138 is nothing. Again, Jared Valdir has played almost that much at, at center, and that's kind of like a funny joke. So as of right now, in terms of guys that are centers, are 100% centers, it's Elton Jenkins and Jake Hansen, and that's it. Lucas Patrick is not a center. And if you're putting him there, you're putting a guard at center. He's not a, a, a low-end starter at center. He's a, he's a low-end guard that you're putting at center. I'm not saying it's impossible that's the Packers' plan. I'm just saying I don't, I'm not going to start from that position because that position doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So again, it, it kind of just is leading me to, if I'm going to build this thing out, Elton Jenkins is our starting center. Jake Hansen is our backup center. And again, the reason being, Elton Jenkins can play guard. Lucas Patrick can play guard. Billy Turner can play guard. John Runyon can play guard. Stepniak can play guard. Pretty much everybody can play guard. Um, at right guard, which again, you know, guards are relatively interchangeable, but Lucas Patrick uh, um, and Billy Turner, just thousands. Billy Turner has 2,302 snaps at right guard, Lucas Patrick 1,194. Again, we have guards. If you go to college, Stepniak has 2,160. Zach Johnson has almost 1,000 snaps at guard. Again, probably not going to be a starter for the team, but we have guard options. Then at tackle, we, we don't necessarily have a problem, but one of the things that I noted that I mentioned yesterday is nobody's number one position is right tackle. Right, if you just go based on snap counts, obviously Billy Turner is the guy. 872 snaps. You know what the second highest is? Elton Jenkins with 34. Nobody has taken even 1,000 snaps at right tackle. And this is career. I'm not talking about for the Packers. Billy Turner's entire career, 872 snaps at right tackle. The next highest is 34. And again, Billy Turner has played 2,302 snaps at right guard in his career. So we're starting a right guard at tackle. Uh, Yash Nijman has also played right tackle, but that's not his primary position. His primary is left tackle. Zach Johnson has uh, played right tackle, but that's his secondary position. His number one is right guard. If we go to college, again, Zach Johnson, 950 snaps at right tackle. Ben Braden, 777, but neither. I mean, these are practice squad guys. Um, If you look at John Runyon, again, maybe. He did play some tackle, but again, he's 6'5". They're kicking him inside because he's not big enough. So I don't think in the pros anybody's even considering him at tackle. Again, Yash Nijman is an option, but I think he's sort of a, you know, only in case of emergency thing and and, and in, a, in a different way than Jared Valdir. That leaves us with Elton Jenkins, who's played 171 snaps in college. I mean, he was a center in college. He did play 500 snaps in the, at, at left tackle. I mean, he's extremely versatile. But again, that's not a long-term plan. These are all emergency options. I think people are looking at dire emergency options as as best-case scenario. And I don't think that that's, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I do think, I tend to think Elton Jenkins is probably going to be better at center than he is at guard. I just think, and, and I, that was the, again, that was the note that came out by somebody, I don't remember who it was, I think at the, at the, um, senior bowl or, or some one of these bowls that he went to. I don't know if he was a senior when he came out or not. But they watched him, and I, I think they watched him play guard or something and just were like, this guy's so much better at center, and he's dominating at guard. Like, imagine how good he's going to be as a center. So that that is stuck with me this whole time. So everybody talking to me about, we should move him to tackle. It's like, dude, you don't understand. 
If anything, we should move him to center. And again, looking at the way that everything's lined up, that does make the most sense to me. We don't have anyone that is a center on this team outside of Elton Jenkins and Jake Hansen, and that's it. We have guys that have done it, can do it in case of emergency, but we're talking about guards. Lucas Patrick is a guard. A hundred times he snapped a ball. How many times do you think he's going to throw that over Rodgers' head? I'm not interested in that stuff. I want professionals. We act like this is no big deal, right? Like, it, it, it's like saying, oh, a taxi driver can fly a plane. I mean, you drive one thing, you can drive another thing. They both got steering wheels and pedals, and I mean, what's the big deal? Like, dude, there's a lot of training that goes in. Like, these are professionals. Professional guards are not professional centers. Like, if you're a punter, you could be a kicker, and if you're a kicker, you can be a punter. No big deal. No. You know how ugly it would be if we had uh, J.K. Scott try to kick like a 50-yard field goal or uh, Mason Crosby try to punt? That would be a disgrace. And I, I know it's not exactly the same, and if you've had some practice, cool, but trying to make a guy that has had 100 snaps at center play like 1,000 snaps for an entire season, like that's just our long-term plan? No. So again, I don't know what's going to happen. And again, if Jake Hansen can really step up and be a starting center, that, that really alleviates a lot of things. But the way that I see it right now, I, I just think it's, it's, so it's David Bakhtiari at left tackle. We're putting Elton Jenkins at center. I think it has to be Billy Turner at right tackle because we don't really have a lot of options. So our guards would have to be John Runyon and Lucas Patrick, I believe. So, and that's as of right now, assuming we don't draft anybody, and I'm, I think we definitely will. But even that comes down to how good are they going to be. Just because you draft a, uh, an offensive lineman in the first round doesn't mean they're going to be any good, Isaiah Wilson. It's an interesting little anecdote. Maybe, I don't know if you've heard about the Isaiah Wilson saga. There is a first-round 2020 offensive tackle that is about to hit the market. That might sound appealing, but let me just let me go through a, a, a thing with you real quick. And again, this is just to kind of give us all perspective, because a lot of times we look at it and say, okay, then we'll draft a guy here, we'll draft a guy here, we'll draft a guy here, and we just assume you just plug him in and they're going to play, right? It just has to be that way. So I want to read something to you about uh, Isaiah Wilson. Oh my goodness, my parents are going to be here in four minutes. I uh, This is going to be it, and then we're done. <laughs> I have to upload this. No ad Saturday, except in the beginning. Sorry about that. So this is the note, um, and I just pulled this all off of uh, what was formerly known as Roto World. Titans select Georgia right tackle Isaiah Wilson with the 29th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. It just it just gives you chills up your spine because the Packers have the 29th overall pick, and I keep looking at guys that are like long-term right tackles, and it just it it just feels like it could absolutely be the case for us. Wilson, six six three fifty, two-year starter at right tackle for the Bulldogs, actually joined the team in 2017, but required a redshirt year, adjusting to conditions in Georgia's sweltering heat. He bounced back with a second-year AP All-American honors as a sophomore, particularly standing out as a pass pro with an immovable upright frame. I didn't speed that up. I just did that with skill and uh, tenacity. Anyways, let's fast forward a bit. Wilson offers quality starter upside with room and time for development. He will replace the void Jack Conklin left at, uh, left at right tackle. What in the world is that sentence? He will replace the void Jack Con oh Jack Conklin left at right tackle immediately. So this is this is what pundits do. This is what fans do. This is what everybody does. Jack Conklin left. This guy's starting day one. No question, right? They don't have anybody there. Of course, this guy's going to start. It's not even a question. It's an article from the, uh, the AP News, September 12th, 2020. Nashville, Tennessee. Please stop with the pop-ups before I strangle you with your shoelaces. It's not part of the article. It's just part of my uh, deep-seated rage. Nashville, Tennessee. Titans rookie Isaiah Wilson has been arrested and charged with drunken driving after he was spotted doing donuts in an intersection before crashing into a concrete wall. 
Wilson was arrested Friday night and booked into the Davidson County Jail before being released on DUI charges early Saturday morning. According to the arrest affidavit, Wilson told the officer he was having issues with a back tire, which caused the crash. The offensive lineman also said he had two margaritas before driving. He struggled with the field sobriety test before registering a .107 on the final breath analyzer test. The legal blood alcohol limit is .08. So he was shammered, got into a car, did donuts, smashed into a concrete wall. That's how he started his uh, career with the Tennessee Titans. Then he goes and gets himself some COVID, gets put on the old COVID list. Then he comes back off the COVID list, but he doesn't start. Weird. Titans right tackle Isaiah Wilson is out for Week 13 against the Browns. Wilson was charged with the DUI last September and has missed uh, weeks while on COVID-19. He's missing another week with a non-COVID-19 illness this week, despite the team's desperate need, uh, needingly, desperately needing tackle. I hate the way people write. It just for some, my brain is like, this is the sentence, and the sentence is like, no, no, that's not it. I, I wrote it differently. My brain's like, well, you wrote it like an idiot. Let me just say it the way I want to say it. Despite the team desperately needing tackle help due to injuries, the Titans' 2020 first-round pick has played four snaps this season, including extra points and kneel downs. (laughs) He wasn't getting on the field even when he wasn't injured or sick or whatever. They just weren't playing him. Then he got suspended. Titans suspended offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson for Week 13 against the Browns for violating team rules. Wilson's career has experienced a very messy, messy start. DUI, COVID, etc. Then he takes a mental health break. Titans placed offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson on the reserve non-football injury list. In a statement, general manager John Robinson said that Wilson is dealing with, quote, personal issues that will take some time for him to work through, and that the goal is for for the first-round pick to ultimately rejoin the team. It's been a nightmare for six months as a professional for Wilson, including a DUI, multiple missed weeks on the COVID-19 list, blah, blah, blah. Then, and this was very recently, he came out with a tweet that says he's done as a professional with the Tennessee Titans. I should back up. I think I missed one. At some point, the GM made a statement saying he needs to decide if he's going to come out and be a professional and play for us. Like, in other words, he's, he's an immature child moron that refuses to listen, refuses to, to, to do what he's told is a child and he needs to grow up and then he tweets out i'm done with the titans then he deletes that tweet now the rumor is they're open to trades (laughs) we're we're open to allowing people to trade and i know there are going to be a couple packer fans like look man because there's always that thing where well if you come to green bay you're just going to sober up because there's nothing to do which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense i mean it's hard to get in some trouble it's not hard to get into drinking trouble at all in wisconsin I mean, getting drunk, doing donuts, and smashing into a concrete wall should be on a placard in Green Bay somewhere. It's basically like, you know, the Wisconsin slogan. Drunk, drunken donuts in a parking lot, smashing into a concrete wall. Oh, Wisconsin, thy concrete wall so hard. Drunken donuts. We'll figure out the song later. I mean, it's, it's, it, the point is, we don't want them. And furthermore, we can't always just assume, well, you draft a guy in the first round, solved. Not necessarily. Everybody hates the Jordan Love pick. I haven't heard a whole lot going on about, would it be better if we got Isaiah Wilson? Probably not. Anyways, again, um, I said four minutes ago, seven minutes ago, so I should have heard somebody walk in the door by now, but I didn't. I need to go upstairs and uh, start whipping up some pancakes or something. So y'all have yourselves a great Saturday. Got some work to do on that offensive line. Be sure to get in the Packing a Podcast Facebook group. Let me know how you want the offensive line to be configured, what you think makes the most sense, and I will hopefully talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Hey, tell me what you're going to do. I found that thing.
Damn, what you gonna do? 